The Tao of Self-Confidence, Episode 331. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. Visit our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits. Hello, friend. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. I'm your host today, Sheena Yapchan, and today I have a phenomenal lady on the show today. She is the founder and CEO of Happydemic, and she'll be um, explaining more about that. And I'm just really excited to have her on today. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Radhika Mukherjee. Radhika, how are you today? Maybe you can fill in a little bit more about yourself to our listeners. Hi, Sheena. Hello, everyone. Uh, yes, hi. You know, first of all, thank you for inviting me on this platform. I've been going through a whole lot of your interviews, and I should tell you I've become a fan. And uh, yeah, so, you know, um, Happydemic is actually, you know, we call ourselves a live music company. We actually bridge the gap between customers and upcoming talent. So we're a one-stop shop for upcoming talent. We nurture them, we nourish them, and we deploy them on shows. And, you know, our vision is actually to make a difference in the life of artists and customers through our platform. Uh, my husband is a very popular singer in India called Shan. And he goes by the name Shan. And, you know, we music has given us so much into our lives that it was time that we gave back to uh, music. That's why we started Happydemic. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. And Radhika, what's your cultural background? It's strange, but I would like to answer. I'm actually an Indian first. We're a very diverse country with a lot of religions. And although I'm a Hindu, I have very, very liberal religious views. And that primary happened because, you know, I've been brought up in a very Indian typical joint family where you actually live with your aunts, your uncles, your cousins. We were 22 of us living in one house. And I think because of that, you know, you're constantly interacting with different people, although you're, you know, a, a family, uh, you all have different views, you've got, you know, different habits, you've got different uh, tolerance levels. So I think that's why the whole liberal views came from because I'm extremely respectful, tolerant, and I have, uh, you know, humongous uh, adjustment capabilities with people of other religion. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, that's that's crazy because I also lived with like my aunts and uncles. I think there was probably like 15 of us at the time. And I think that's prevalent in like Asian cultures. They all kind of like live together yeah, in one uh, house. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's one of, you know, our biggest standout points because there is so much you learn in a bustling household and you'll just learn so much how to let go and how to share. And I think that makes a huge impact you in a very different way. You know, I, I've seen friends who've had a very small nuclear family and I come from this humongous family. And suddenly you, you now as you grow older, you kind of see personality traits that you've actually got being raised up in a joint family. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, thanks for sharing that. And Radhika, what would be your favorite self-confidence quote? I keep telling I'm not what has happened to me. I am what I chose to become. I think women, you know, and people should actually stop putting a lot of their failures or where they are in their lives today on circumstances. I think that if you're a hardworking person and, you know, you know how to treat people well, you've got enough tolerance level and you're respectful, uh, your circumstances will make way. So I keep telling everyone, I said, you know, some people say, oh, you're so lucky, you know, you've married Sean, he's such a great singer. I said, you know, I haven't won him in a loto. The very fact that we're together is because we want each other. So yeah, I'm not what has happened to me. I am what I chose to become. 
Thanks for sharing that. And that's a great quote and reminder to you know all the listeners because we tend to focus on our past failures, not realizing like we can always learn from them and change our circumstances in an instant. So it's a really great reminder for everyone. It's like you don't, you're not your past. You can change at any moment. And you can create another future, another present moment. So Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. And in your own words, how would you define self-confidence? You know, see, that's the thing. You can't define self-confidence. You know, I've been brought up, like I said, in a joint family. I've had six sisters and we've had no brothers. My parents raised us like boys, you know, from climbing trees to riding bikes to playing even cricket on the streets. You know, I've done it all. I've like climbed ledges across, uh, you know, one balcony to the other and you know, my parents have educated me well. They've always told me that I don't need anyone to support or protect me. Uh, I should be enough for myself. And I think this kind of confidence only comes if from the time you're little. Because I think confidence is one thing that you need. You can't teach confidence. You need to feel it. And I think I felt it because my parents raised me up like this. Thanks for sharing that definition. And it's so true. Like if you like we all have it inside us it's just learning to bring it out and feeling like more confident having that having that courage to keep doing things that make us scared or uncomfortable and the more we keep on doing it the better we have that confidence inside us to come out and be the person that we are today or we want to be so you know that's a great definition and what was your life like you know Oh, so my life was actually, you know, we were, uh, like I said, a big joint family where we were all in a three, four bedroom house with so many of us. It was always hustling and bustling. Other than that, you know, I was a, raised up as a middle, like, would you say, like an Indian middle class family. We walked to school. We cleaned, we took, we cleaned the table. We washed dishes. We walked everywhere. I think my first trip abroad was when I was, I think, 13 or 12 or 13 years old. I'd never traveled before that. My house was run extremely on a budget constraint. We couldn't overshoot anything. But I think one thing that was always full in our house was laughter. And uh, the confidence that my parents gave me saying, hey, you know, I started driving when I was 15 years old and I don't think, and by 16, I had my license and I don't think my parents ever told me that, oh my God, you can't do that. Because I think with especially the, you know, people perceive India and women in India extremely held back, but it's not true. You know, we're as go-getting and we're as much as a dreamer as someone in the West are. So my life before you know, uh, joining. And then, of course, I got married. And when I got married, it was I got pregnant very early. And we so Sean and me, because he was traveling so much, we decided to actually stay at home. I decided to stay at home and be a stay at home mom because I didn't want the kids to be raised up by a nanny. And honestly, we couldn't even afford one back then. So I stayed at home for quite some time till I realized that, you know, now I'm doing the waiting game. I'm waiting for the kids to come home. I'm waiting for a husband to come home. I'm waiting. And that's when I said, you know, I love being Mrs. Shan, but I think now it's time to be Radhika Mukherjee. So I think my life has actually taken, it's taken flight now. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, I, I like how you mentioned that you were doing the waiting game because a lot of us do that, right? I've been guilty of doing it too. It's like we're waiting for something to happen, not realizing like, we have it in us to make things happen. We just have to go out there and do it regardless if it's like really scary or like there's this uncertainty that we have no clue what's going to happen or, you know, people might make fun of us, you know, all right. all these like things that could happen to us if we just go out there and do it. But the more we wait, the more we like expect things to happen and get disappointed and realize like, you know, it's just really up to us. And, you know, I'm glad you were able to do that and, you know, go out there and be the person that you are today. And because of that, what's your life been like now? 
Wow, you know, I'm going to just sum it up like, you know, from a woman who used to actually wait for her kids to come home from school and open that door uh, of the house. Now I have the kids opening the door for me. From being the woman that used to wait with a hot cup of coffee for, you know, my husband to come home to make sure we sit and see the sunset together. Now my husband waits for me with a glass of wine. So, you know, there have been a lot of changes. I went through immense guilt, uh, Sheena, immense guilt when I started working because I suddenly felt I was not there for the kids anymore. I suddenly felt there was, you know, I was not spending time at home. Why should the kids call me? Why why did I forget the, the work, the deadline of a project? Oh, you know, I didn't line up in school for his 30 second performance on stage. And that kind of guilt killed me. It killed me thoroughly. I've had breakdowns with that. So actually, I, I had to sit with myself, literally sit with myself and reflect. I had to think that, you know, how can a man do it all? You know, he he like my husband, he's uh, you know, he goes out for shows. He does his recordings. He's on TV. He comes home right in time, you know, for the kids to spend some time with them. He takes me out for dinner. And then I realized, you know, there is 24 hours in a day. And if and you can't manage time, I think what I think the maximum thing we as women do, we try to manage time. We try to fill in too much in in that day. We're like, you know, this needs to be get done and that needs to be get. And we just try to be perfect. And I told myself that, you know, one A, you can't manage time because time moves on whether you like it or not. What I can manage is self and managing self was the first thing I did. I, you know, made along with my to do list of my house, I made a to do list of my office and I just made a modern to-do list because I put in time slots in that. And now I try to achieve that day within that time slot. And I realized that 24 hours is a long time in a day. It's a lot of hours. And if you self-manage, you automatically become a time multiplier. And I think that was my moment where I said, you know, I know I have a crazy life right now, but there is nothing that I can miss if I'm actually self-manager and I can multiply time. Thanks for sharing that. And I like that um, how you mentioned that, you know, we feel guilty for doing everything and trying to do everything at once because we're all like we feel like we have to be the superwoman to just get everything yeah, done. And, yeah. And if we miss one thing, it's like, yeah, you know, it's so sad because you talk about Superman, you, you, you think of the flying Superman. Yeah. And you think of superwomen, you think of like a mom. Yeah. Or, you know, a woman. <laughs> and we feel guilty when we can't when we miss one task out of our to do list. It's like, yeah. But we did nine out of 10. That should be a success, right? I, exactly. <laughs> that should be it. And it's so much of me sitting down and actually talking to myself. I thought in the middle I was going a little crazy because I was talking to myself more, saying, it's okay, it's fine, calm down. It's just like, you know, they'll understand. And they really do. It's just that we just put so much pressure on ourselves as being a woman that we feel, you know, we have to do it all. But you don't have to. It's okay not to. It's okay to let go. It's okay to tell sometimes that, you know what, I need help. Thanks for sharing that. And I think that was a great tip that you mentioned. It's just, it's okay to let go because we, we tend to hold on to things. Everything. For a long time too. <laughs> and it, it really, yeah. it really screws us over sometimes. And like the moment we let go, like we just feel a lot lighter and all this heaviness goes away. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned that. And Radhika, if our listeners wanted to get to know a little bit more about you and what you do, is there any links or social media profiles we can connect with? Of course, you know, we have a website, happydemic.com. So that would be H-A-P-P-Y-D-E-M-I-C.com. So if you go, you know, you know exactly what we do. It's a very user-friendly website. 
and the other thing is just very simple touch wood we've really made a you know mark of ourselves in india even if you actually google radhika happy demic you you'll read a lot about us Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. And to our listeners, if you want to connect with Radhika, you can also head on over to the TaoOfSelfConfidence.com and search for Radhika's name. Her show notes will pop up along with everything else we talked about. And I just want to thank Radhika for taking the time to share her story with us on self-confidence. So thank you so much. Thank you, Sheena. Thank you so much. Not a problem. It was an, it was an honor having you on the show. And to our listeners, be on the lookout for another new episode of Another Amazing Woman's journey to self-confidence and we'll catch you later bye for now thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Tao of self-confidence get your free self-talk tape for building self-confidence by visiting our website at the your inner journey to self-confidence awaits